0: Olaf Bjarnason to Lawrence, play through for Fuller. Fuller beaten Larson here. Ricardo for a score for Stoke. Ten minutes to go, and it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries.
1: Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. It may be risky, but I'm playing all my flair guests in the same podcast. Hello to Chris Brummer. <laughs> Hello there, Dave. Hello to Ben Cartwright. Good
0: evening. Let's hope I turn up in the first half. Uh <laughs> 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 oh, chaps. Mm. It's not been a great
1: week. Uh certainly an eventful week for Stoke. Uh we've uh gone out the cup, we've won a league game, we've signed league grants, there's been rumours about Bojan leaving. Uh so we'll start with the game yesterday. A two-nil defeat at home to Wolves in the FA Cup. Chris, where the hell do you begin with that? <laughs>
2: um, I, I, I honestly, honestly, don't know. the The lineup was everything we hoped for and dreamed, um, but it was it was shambolic. It was it was awful, an awful performance. Um, it. <laughs> It, there was it just seemed like there was absolutely zero motivation from from any player out there um which is a very very worrying sign and if the rumors that came out on the internet um last night and the outcake are true which eh, they probably aren't but that that's a worrying thing that you know the the dressing room is is uh down morale wise there's arguments bust ups etc etc that's that's not a not a good thing um and then going going 1-0 down to wolves wolves deserved it we were awful um and then bringing imbula and boyanov at half time it it saps the life away um i i've seen i've seen multiple arguments on to saying that yes he sh- they they should have come off no they shouldn't have one thing that is for certain is that i think that's the last game you're going to see of bojan at stoke city because it, it just it, the signs are all there and it it breaks my heart absolutely breaks my heart um i thought second half we were a lot lot better and i think that i don't want i don't want to say it's unlucky but on another day that that goalkeeper doesn't have as good a day and we <laughs> at least take it to a, a, a replay. Um but no, you you can't you can't say oh well we were unlucky we were awful. We lost 2-0 to Wolves at home who are fighting relegation in the championship. Um they, they've been shipping goals week in week out. This is not a good result and it's disappointing that Mark Hughes can't get a team motivated for what is our only opportunity
0: of silverware this can we, season can we <clears throat> can we just clear up the oat cake post is, is the oat cake post saying there's been a bus up in the dressing room between players or is it the fact that something like Boyan and Imbula have been taken off at half time and then Boyan and Imbula have stormed off or something similar to that because
1: uh, I've seen a, a rumour that Imbula M- stormed off at half time and I've also seen um, the reports of Mounieza having a, a spat with the fans which, in, in fairness, MoneyAzer has addressed himself personally, yeah. saying, uh, shouldn't have done it. I was just angry at the result, bloody bar." Well. which I think is fair enough. I uh, yeah. don't particularly hold any gripes with MoneyAzer because well, he didn't play in that performance, for one thing. <laughs> but a common theme that has uh, circulated sort of online and when I was listening to Praise and Grumble last night was that there is a sense that the flair players flair players in inverted commas here um, either aren't putting in the effort or aren't performing when we need them to you think of Bojan and Mbula coming off at half time and Shaqiri coming off after a pretty disappointed performance is that does that hold water for you is it as simple as we're bringing we're playing players who aren't trying I, I don't think
0: that's the case I mean I really struggle with this sort of flair players versus grafters argument. I mean, that's not how you should consider a football team. It should be about the team, about a balanced side with your grafters and your flair players. I mean, and and it's not like as if sort of Allen is like on one side where he's just a grafter and he does nothing that can sort of split a defense, and where Arnautovic is just a flair player because we've all seen it. We've all seen Arnautovic running back and making a challenge. We've all seen Joe Allen playing a defence splitting ball or something similar of that ilk sort of thing so I don't really buy it and and I don't think you can just sort of put the entire blame on the Flair players so yesterday, I mean I think a lot of people need to look at themselves today and think we've just been beaten by, as you've said Chris a, a bang average championship side, I mean I think the weird thing about this is we, both Wolves and Stoke went to this fixture, their last FA Cup victories being against Doncaster Rovers, the difference was our, our win against Doncaster Rovers was <laughs> yeah. last year. Wolves, was, I think, was in 2011. Um, they, haven't, they haven't got out of the third round since since beating yeah. Doncaster Rovers, uh, I think, four years ago. Um, so the fact that our fair players, our graft players, or whoever players that you want to call them, whatever label you want to put on them, didn't beat this team, I think that's the problem, rather than individual players not putting enough effort in and, and not performing on the day. Because everyone has off days, but it wasn't that it was a whole team not like playing disappointingly and not putting not playing as they should do
1: well uh right now we'll go to everybody's favorite section uh, the roving reporters uh, here you are about to hear tom thrower and lucian finch give their verdict on the defeat to
0: wolves genuinely astounded at that today it was just truly awful sent out in the first minute with no tactical plan whatsoever and then for Hughes to call out his players in his press conference, it's unacceptable and it stinks of someone who's lost his squad. I think it's time for him to go. Huh. Stoke City, more like joke kiddies and Mark Hughes, more like Mark loses to the team from worse divisions who are lower down in the league. I mean, pathetic. Pathetic, mate. What are you doing? We played our best, best players in quotation marks. And I mean, I don't know what the problem is now. Because they were good a year ago. And now they've just turned to rubbish. I don't know what... Have they lost motivation? Do we need Alan Pardew for six months to like rile up the players? No, I'm, I'm just joking. It's just, you know... You kind of get to the point where you run out of um, ideas for solutions and you start to panic. So, really, the next course of action, I guess, is to get rid of the manager, but... Who knows? All right, boy. Thanks, guys. Um,
1: On a sort of tactical level, then, could Mark Hughes have done much more in that Wolves game? Because I think, as you said, Chris, it was the team we sort of wanted to see. So, is is he really to blame for it?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not a tactical expert, so I'm not going to be able to say that. But, again, if we get beaten by by a Wolves team, that are in the championship and not performing particularly well. I mean, Lambert has come in and, and done a good job for them. They've been all over the place in the last few years, as we all know. Um, but Lambert has come in and sort of steadied the ship, it seems. But still, they played a, a reserve 11. So, I mean, if you can't motivate your players, it's not just... I mean, a lot of people I saw on Twitter yesterday saying, oh, this is the lineup that you wanted, they should go out there and beat that. Um, Hughes has done what you wanted no that's not true I mean a a manager's job isn't just choosing the 11 on the day and then saying right lads go out and do your job you know we'll know what to do I mean maybe that is what Mark Hughes does because I know obviously some managers are really tactical they'll be like analysing your position and whatever and spending hours and hours on that I'm not sure if Hughes is like that I don't (laughs) know I think he's more of the maybe the Wenger role where it's like go out there and do your stuff lads Uh, you know what to do maybe I'm not an expert as I say Um, but it's it's so much more than who you put out. And, and yes, the players that a lot of what well, I wanted to see, like your Beaujans, didn't perform yesterday. But I think football isn't just about that. It is it is about how the manager sets it up. And managers often get the flap for it. So if Stoke City Football Club get knocked out of the FA Cup by Wolves, then some of the blame has to go at Mark Hughes' feet. Surely. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I felt yesterday there were some... Simple things that we just we didn't do right. Um, I think Boyan was completely played out of the game. Like everyone was saying, oh, he was too weak. He was pushed off the ball. I don't think we really played to his strengths. If you compare it to the Man City game against West Ham on the Friday night, where David Silva, granted a different caliber of player, but he was he was everywhere and he was influencing all aspects of the pitch. We were playing around Boyan, and I don't think the link up with Peter Crouch worked. For them to yesterday at all, um, and obviously it didn't because Boyan came off at half time. Um, uh, it's it's a really really interesting one because there's, I, I, I again I'm not a tactical expert like uh, like you say, Ben, but I I don't know what Mark Hughes could do differently apart from I don't know, be more tactically in depth. You know, it's. Again, it's just frustrating more than anything because we're seeing this time and time again and nothing's been done to make it any better. And these are good players. These are players who should be doing well. Everyone has these high expectations of this team, but we're
1: underachieving massively, in my opinion. What I thought with the first half yesterday, the biggest thing for me was the sort of uh, lack of urgency... Maybe um, I don't think uh, Bojan behind Crouch necessarily suited the kind of game we were trying to play. Um, I thought we were a bit ponderous at times. We we're a bit. We'll keep in possession, okay, but in terms of breaking them down, I think what our main tactic just see, seemed to be try and get it to Arnautovic, and hopefully he can come up with some magic because he was the only one looking to. Beat the man, or or get a ball into Crouch maybe, but the Wolves right back had a great game. I thought he he did a really good job on Ananovich, and Onatovich was pretty disappointing. Second half with the introduction of Adam and Allen, they gave us. Allen gave us more energy, and I think Charlie Adam, um, he was he's usually inconsistent with his deliveries, but I thought he was <laughs> play. He thought he was playing good passes. Uh, found the winger a lot um, I think Afili being in a more advanced position also helped as well in terms of getting some attacking impetus going but we, I think apart from maybe one or two chances we were mainly restricted to long shots from outside the box from Adam and Alan. and I think as the game wore on uh, Wolves stopped pressing us so high up the pitch and sort of camped themselves in their own half which is why they blocked so many shots from the edge of the area didn't they you know they were they were happy to sit on this 1-0 lead and it frustrated us and we couldn't really break them down Uh, there's arguably one or two chances where we should have scored and I know their keepers had a good game but I don't think I've I've yet to see replays but I don't think any of those saves were particularly spectacular Mm -hmm. maybe they are for a championship keeper I don't know but it's just so annoying, knowing that you've got better players than them. Knowing you can easily, just like that, uh, just turn it on and break through them and score. And we just looked so disjointed and slow. And it was just <clears throat> so annoying. And also, the defence was just bloody hopeless. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, both fullbacks were 4 out of 10 performances for me, if that. Because they were just getting beaten all the time. Pace just does us in. We we saw this at Blackburn a couple of FA Cups ago, where Josh King just like ran, and that's all the all they had to do to beat us. Josh King, run. Okay. Oh no. Look, we've won four-one. Uh, Shawcross had a poor game. I thought Bruno also didn't have a very good game. I think it was him that gave away the free kick, wasn't it? They they were just they just had the beating of us in. Every department, it seemed, and for a, t- a team as sort of under pressure as Mark Hughes was then, because we were all saying this game's hugely important. We need a cup run. We need something to lift us. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Oh for God's sake <laughs> <laughs> The that's, thing is,
0: the... that's it. That's that. Sorry, the thing is, Mark Hughes surely is saying to the players as well that this is a, a vital game. There's no way that Mark Hughes is being like, "Oh lads, it doesn't matter." If you look at that lineup, then we're going for this, and the fact that. We couldn't do it. it. Just makes it even worse, in my opinion. The fact that yeah. we've put out that team that we're like, oh my, what a great team! This is the team we've all been asking for, and 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 a lot of flack, as I as I said earlier should be with Mark Hughes. But there, there also needs to be some players that step up on the day. I mean, we spent a lot of money on the likes of Shaqiri, um, obviously not as much on Boyan and, and Arnautovic, but at the same time we've brought them in because they can create those moments of magic. And and when not when none of them do that. We're we're, we're going to lose a lot of the time. I think we're we're waiting for one of them to do something magical, and and it didn't happen. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's all very well saying the Flair players aren't performing as a defence of Mark Hughes, but he's the guy who's brought these guys in. If he doesn't think Imbula is good enough for a second half against Wolves, that's a damning indictment of his transfer <laughs> policy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't think Imbula was particularly good, but I didn't think he was any worse than anyone else in that first half, no. really. But I don't know, maybe he did have to go off, and maybe Adam and Allen's performances is proof of that. But how how good does Imbula have to play before he's trusted again is my concern. Because <laughs> we, we saw this last time, didn't we? Imbula had an iffy game or two, taken out the team for about five games comes back in against Watford, best pair in the park, mm-hmm. and now and now we're sort of back to square one again.
2: Do you do you remember Nzonzi's first season with us and how he hardly lit the world alight, did he? But we Tony Pulis, to credit stayed with him, and it was it was an average season for him. And then look at his performance in his last season with us. Yeah, you, you need a run of games in the team. You need to be in that team playing with. The players who you'll play with. How else is Gianelli Imbula going to learn how to operate in a Stoke team if he isn't playing football? What? It, it, it oh. And, and it just, again, sorry, Dave, it just says to me, again, Mark Hughes and the transfer department don't know what they're looking for. They're looking for this player to replace Stephen and Zonzi. They've spent £18 million pounds on. Imbula. They've spent 13 million on Joe Allen. They've not replaced him, but they don't know what they're looking for. They're just stocking in midfield. It didn't, it didn't work with Marco van Hinkle It hasn't worked with Imbula yet because we're not playing him, and we're left to play Joe Allen, who I like, I really do like, and Charlie Adam as these as the midfield creative outlets. It's it. it what worries me is if Mark uses to stay. All those, the, the old guard, as we're, they're, they're dubbed, they're not going to be around
1: forever. What happens when they retire? What
2: do we do? Because you can't rely on them forever.
1: Yeah. I think your point about and not having a run of games applies to a lot of players, if not all of them, really. Because look look at the striking situation. We haven't give given a guy a run of games in there. You could argue uh, Bonnie we gave a run of games to and he was rubbish. Uh but, like, like I say, we wonder why we don't have a striker that scores 10 goals a season for us. Well, the strikers aren't getting the opportunity to score 10 goals a season for us. Maybe Crouch will, if he's placed at the end of the season. I don't know. But it's just, you you wonder why performances are so inconsistent when the tactics in the team are so inconsistent. I don't think it's a difficult dot to connect,
0: really. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think you, you both bring up big points there, big important points. The fact that Mark Hughes doesn't know his starting eleven still. I think that... And and that means that he doesn't know yeah. that who he's going to play week in, week out, and give them a chance to, as you say, develop and, and become a team that people are scared of playing against. You look at the last two champions, well, Leicester anyway, played a very consistent team, we all know that, and they went on to do amazing things. I'm not, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure, that week in, week out, not not all of their 11 players played fantastically well every week. I'm sure a few of them had off days, and then the next week, instead of being dropped, Kylian Renanieri said, you go out again and i'm sure you'll be back at your best. And the same with Chelsea this season. They've got pretty much the same team. I think they they basically swap Matic from Fabregas sometimes. That depending on if they're playing a a team they're worried about a team they're not worried about. They played Fabregas against Stoke by the way. Um and and this consistency helps players to know that on Saturday I'm going to be playing. I'm ready I'm ready to play and I'm going to play well where at Stoke I think it must be where they're going through the week thinking, am I going to play this week? I mean, I've played well last week, but I mean, Sobby played well and he's not even involved anymore. I mean, anyway, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sobby is,
1: of course, one of those three players who have gone off to the African Cup of Nations. And Mark Hughes, in his post-match interview, I think it was quite telling, really, that he thought Julian Goy would have a... A more of a role in the team in the coming weeks because of those uh, players that have gone off he, he he almost sounded like a bit annoyed that he had to do this really he he, he sounded a bit pissed off that he had to play a youngster yesterday um, <laughs> uh oh. maybe, maybe i'm be, uh, being harsh there but um yeah he he he, he uh, deployed and perhaps reluctantly uh i thought i thought he did all right when he came on young yeah. julian uh I think he came on and Wolves scored shortly after, which meant we're sort of up against it anyway. But it was at least good to see a young player getting a run out. Um, shame shame about the sort of match situation, really. But yeah. I think with Shakiri, Shakiri's uh, one who's come in for a lot of criticism as well. Uh, big, expensive, flair player, in inverted commas, arguably didn't perform. I thought when he went off, actually, he was he was starting to grow into the game. But then, I think Mark Hughes had had enough. Clearly, um, he's he's one because who, who do you play instead of Shakiri? Do you put mm-hmm. Walters on the wing? Do you put do you put Ngoy there? Do you trust him to start? It, it's all well and good saying Shakiri's a, a flair player who's not putting the effort in, but what do we do when he? when he's not
0: playing well we should have signed a right winger a long time ago instead of constantly looking for more centre attacking midfielders like Rob um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is that his first name
1: ah. <laughs> yes uh, you you raise a good point there about transfer policy which we'll get into in the latest instalment of Hughes Night but uh, <laughs> finally on we'll, we'll we'll wrap up this Wolves game and then talk about Watford briefly Um Strong booze at full time. Chris is our season over. <sighs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm reluctant, but to say I, I, yeah, what is there left to fight for? I think the season now will just fizzle out unless we mount a uh, miraculous comeback and start fighting for the seventh place. I, I, what is there? What's there left to to? Go for. I think Mark Hughes needed a cup run to inspire th- the fans a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's all it's all a bit bit depressing. I don't know if that's just this m- morning doom and gloom the night after the the day before. No, the morning after the night. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I don't know. Like hopefully there'll be some good big moments in the rest of the season um, starting next week at Sunderland where we will be Dave uh, but um, no I was I really wanted a cup run and um,
1: yeah sucks doesn't it so I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same yeah it, I was just I was so up for the FA Cup yesterday because no matter what people say about it I still love it I still, <laughs> I, I still yep. think it's a brilliant competition and I was like home tie struggling championship side I know I know we've been iffy in the league but come on let's do this and then just like just having the enthusiasm drained from you so quickly I mean I, I bought uh we brought our extended sort of our, our extended family to that game it, my my two cousins my aunt and my granddad, who all hadn't been to Stoke games in some time went. and it was just like oh God, come on but if you if you are looking for someone to blame for the result um I'll just say this. Uh, me and my dad this season on the three occasions we've bought pies at Stoke games have been Bournemouth <laughs> at home, Leicester <laughs> at home and Wolves at home. I, and I, I and I said to my dad, "Look, I have this pie, we... but I I know who to blame if we don't win this." So sorry people. I'm worried. I'm worried uh, because oh,
0: after <clears throat> excuse me, after getting knocked out of the cup in previous seasons especially last season our our, our season has just completely ended and and we can't even get wins in the league. I don't want that to happen now that we've been knocked out of the cup. I mean mm. where does morale get go from here for the team if we've just got knocked out by a championship side? I mean Twitter is going around as people have realized that Stoke haven't beaten anyone in the top half this season or whatever that that stat is. We're the only teams that we've beaten are outside mm. the top 8 or something. Yeah. So where does confidence go from here for that team? I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, there's the hope that we will have to perform the way we did in Hughes' first season where we weren't very good until about late february early march and went on a good run of games and had some impressive wins i think that that's what we're hoping for now really mm-hmm. is a sort of late season uh surge um i just just on it like just really really quickly i speak to
2: um i've got a friend who's a man city fan and has been for a very very long time um and he quite often when we have things like this just posts like links to articles from when Mark Hughes was at City and just and his point being this is all very familiar to us guys this is this is very familiar what you're experiencing right now mm. and and that worries me because well it ended at Man City because they had to <laughs> they brought someone else in they didn't feel Mark Hughes could do the job um
1: i'm sure we'll talk about that in Hughes night or something yeah uh, just before Hughes night, then uh, we'll talk about the Watford win—a 2 0 victory, goals from Shawcross and Crouch. Uh, but everyone's not really content with this win. It seems to me there's a lot of been a lot of reaction to it. Um, my thoughts on it are: I didn't go into the game thinking we should or have the right to beat Watford four or five nil, and even then, I thought. Uh, even during the game, when it became clear Watford were a poor side, I still didn't think we would win 4 or 5 0. I don't expect that from Stoke. What was disappointing, though, was I think we showed a lack of ambition against them. I thought we persisted with a sort of long ball, turgid style of football. And OK, Watford didn't help. Watford pretty much came to spoil and were a dreadful team to play against. And the game itself as a spectacle was horrible because they they were like Tony Pulis away and we were like Tony Pulis <laughs> at home. It, and it didn't lead to the best of games. I thought we didn't create any sort of exciting chances. Uh, the goals came from a corner and uh, someone kneeing in a cross that should have been cleared. Um <laughs> It's a sort of case of right-result-wrong performance. Now, you you could argue perfectly legitimately it doesn't matter about perceived style of playing performance and all this stuff if we win. But that sounds a bit Tony Pulis to me. And if we're we're going to be grinding out results without the performance, why did we bring in a manager who will sign exciting players and play a different brand of football? Um, Controversial... Element of this game, Brian Shawcross's celebration, cupping his ears to the crowd after uh, being on the end of some criticism recently. Uh, ben, what have you made of the a the criticism of Shawcross and b his reaction to it?
0: Well, it's an interesting one, certainly. Um, I'm not going to deny that. I think Shawcross recently in the three-four-three formation has been played in a in a formation that he's probably not completely comfortable with. I don't think that's his fault. I think that's the manager's decision and. He shouldn't really face any flack for that. If his performances hasn't been haven't been as good as maybe we we expect from him, um, he's not a, he's not like a ball playing defender, and I'm I'm very happy that he's not a ball playing defender. I don't want that. I want I want Ryan Shawcross as as Ryan Shawcross is to be honest, um, and he has faced some flak, which I guess any player will face. If they're not playing well enough, but Ryan Shawcross is an absolute club legend, as a lot of people have been pointing out, and and maybe with that, there there should be a level, a certain level of respect. And I've seen a lot of comments that maybe have gone gone too far from that, saying about Ryan Shawcross. So I don't think he's seen that. I, I for well don't believe Ryan Shawcross reads Stoke Twitter or or Facebook or, or the oat cake. But um, <laughs> there has been comments that. I wouldn't particularly agree with, especially when it comes to talking about the the club captain and a club legend for that. I think Shawcross is a club legend completely um so yeah, the fact that he celebrated like that is probably in response to the crowd at the at the at the ground rather than the crowd online and at times the crowds have been getting on on people's on the players' back a lot, so it is in response to that and I think it's probably fair enough I mean. Although I would say booing a team that isn't playing well isn't like the worst thing to do. I mean, a lot of people play, pay a lot of money for going to a football match. I mean, I haven't got loads of money and I spent 30 quid to watch us play, a, as you say, a very turgid game against Watford. And I was sitting there like, I'm really cold on my own, and I've spent 30 quid on that. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm so delighted that I'm here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a difficult one, but I, I don't particularly mind it too much. I don't know what you think, Chris.
2: I I didn't mind it at all. Um I get uh, you know everyone's entitled to criticize Shawcross's performances haven't been I don't I don't think he'd ha- he's had that good a season so far but it's clear that he is a player who is frustrated with that even though he thinks he I, I saw the interview with him after the Watford game where he's like no my form's been fine. It's clear there's frustration there um I I was just happy he scored, really happy he scored. I like it when Ryan Shawcross scores. And when our just centre backs in general score, we haven't done that enough, and I like it.
1: Yeah, centre back goals have been like London buses recently. We had Bruno <laughs> Martin's Indy at Chelsea and then Shawcross both scoring their first goals in a long yeah. time. Um, yeah. Sense of a lot of fans uh, were annoyed about the level of performance in this result, despite the fact we got a win. Email here from Tom Thrower. Wasn't that just dreadful? Never have we won before and I felt so angry and unhappy. Marcus's irrational fear and distrust of his best players is getting to a point where he looks to be losing the squad. On three separate incidents, better quality players had moments where they lost their cool with either another player or the tactics. First it was Anatovic who received the ball midway into Watford half, raised his head to find he was by far the furthest forward in the side, his shoulders clearly dropped and he put his head down Uh, making a disgruntled beeline for the opposition box. Next came Eric Peters, who read the right act to Adam for taking a pointless long (laughs) shot from the halfway line. Brackets, for the second time in the evening. Finally, (laughs) Mr. Allen went from being the cool, calm, collected messiah figure to a screaming, bearded madman. Grant Grant had the ball in the box and was looking long, brackets, as he was clearly told to do by the manager, at which point the Welsh Perlow began screaming and gesticulating in an effort to keep the play short. Never have I seen a Stoke side, and arguably a Premier League side, show visible signs of frustration towards the squad selection and tactics. It genuinely seemed, until Shawcross broke the deadlock, that Hughes was risking a full-scale mutiny. And who can blame them? How do you expect players who are worth tens of millions of pounds to stand idly by whilst their team underperforms and other high-value and quality teammates sit on the bench behind ageing domestic players who, when even in their pomp, did not boast a record half as prestigious as the men they are selected ahead of. Coming back to this theme again of the sort of... the flair players being stuck behind the old guard, if you like. Um, it's, it's about a balance, isn't it? Because Tom, Tom raises a lot of good points in that email. But you could also argue... He he picks the high quality expensive players against Wolves and they didn't perform. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I think I think it's it, it's it's fair. Um, I don't know. It just it bring it brings me back. That email just brought me back to the fact that I think as a fan base we're just very very divided now, and I think it's divided between people who. I don't want to say there's agendas because that sounds conspiracy theory and ridiculous, but I think that there, there, there is the, the, just the very part is on nature. You are either in the Hughes out camp and you want all our Flair players to play, or you're in Hughes in and you want all the um, British players to play. I don't know if that's the right thing I'm looking for, but it. I, I don't know. I, I. It's just very depressing, really. I think the, the the Watford game itself was again great for the win, but it was hardly inspiring, and that's not why we want. Why we brought Mark Hughes in? We brought Mark Hughes in to change our style of play and to push us on forward. I think,
1: yeah. Jamie Chatfield here. Sorry, uh, just a quick uh, bit. Jamie Chatfield sent no. us a really long email, by the way, and I'd love to read it all out, <laughs> but um, I don't think we would have the time. But I'll read this sort of extract from it. And that is the problem. It really isn't functioning properly. Lots of things aren't working very well at the moment, but the manager keeps doing them. For me, it's not necessarily always a question of style or wanting a more high-profile fo- high place to start matches for ideological reasons. If all of this was working, it wouldn't be an issue. If he had gone on some sort of decent run since Shakiri was dropped in the second half of the Southampton game, it would be fair enough. If it had made any sense to drop Bojan after he put in a very solid performance against Leicester and seem to combine well with Imbula, you'd have to accept it but when it isn't working it just looks like the manager has dropped two of his best players for the crimes of punching the bench in frustration that one time <laughs> and not really fitting into a really shit formation it looks like mm-hmm. a manager who is over rotating the squad again and again until he finds something that works for a few games before he ditches it again i think we
0: had a similar email to that before didn't uh, we i think saying that a lot of the, like similar, saying a similar thing that we're just we're just going through formations, hoping to find the right one and, and we still haven't found it and, and I think I said that three four three maybe was the right answer, which is clearly very wrong. And just quickly on the Watford game as well, and in connection with Tom email before we we talk about Jamie's a bit is I just wanted to say how when I think the last sub, Whelan, came off the bench in about the eighty fifth minute, um and I was looking at because I I saw that it was Whelan and it disappointed me and I just wanted to see how Arnautovic like responded to that. And he did he did look visibly just. Dis- <laughs> Despondent when, when it wasn't Shakira, I, I felt when it wasn't Shakira or Bojan or an attacking player. That's how I felt. I mean, I might be reading it completely wrong, but his body language just dropped when he when he saw another attacking player wasn't being brought on. That's all I want to say. Back to Jamie's email. Yeah, um,
1: Jamie's email. It was very good. The whole thing. Uh, the point about over-rotating the squad has come up again. Um, Chris. Can you blame Hughes for uh, over-rotating the squad? Could you not argue uh, he's just trying to find the best possible combination of these players and it takes a bit of time to do that? Or do you think it shows a a lack of uncertainty and we need to give a formation and a system a time to Hmm. bed in? Yeah, definitely the
2: latter of those two options because I... (laughs) what what do you what does he almost expect if you keep rotating the team it's almost as if he's just waiting for one of these options or click at some point and then we'll stick with that like it, they they need to it's the same like we said with Imbula earlier you need to stick with a team it needs to gel then if there's areas where you think actually this hasn't been working we'll take one player and change it and see how give a different player a run of games I, <laughs> Chopping and changing constantly isn't going to give you any consistency and that's why there is no consistency in this Stoke side. Funnily enough, the one time where he was consistent was Christmas last year and we complained about it because uh, players got injured and he wouldn't rotate (laughs) over the busy Christmas period. Um, I I think there obviously needs to be a healthy balance of getting games for all players and getting a consistent 11 but um, I think that Mark Hughes' selection is probably more detrimental to the team than than not.
1: You might understand this as a avid Football Manager player Chris. But uh, <laughs> I think the trick to succeeding in that game uh, certainly in the sort of earlier editions was to uh, just play a formation for a set number of games and then eventually you'd start winning. I, That's I, it. I wonder if Mark Hughes needs to sit down with a nice copy of <laughs> FM17 get a brew going and just yep yeah I'm not I'm not really suggesting this before everyone <laughs> talks so about like, football managers not real like football yeah I know um, let's go to Hughes night okay Mark Hughes in the spotlight once again the cup exit to Wolves has exacerbated the uh Hughes out vitriol as has the rumours of a potential Bojan departure uh, Ben a lot of angry reaction to the thought that Hughes might be selling Bojan who a lot of people consider one of our most talented players are you in the Hughes out camp yet?
0: Ooh, it's it's the closest I've ever been I must say the, the news <laughs> that, that Bojan is, I mean a lot of people saying he's not gone yet, he's not gone yet, but I can't imagine us finishing this January transfer window with him in our squad, considering it's basically, if you bid for Bojan, a, a decent bid, then, then we'll let him go and you can have him and Bojan's happy to do that. So I'm fully expecting there to be a day, one day where I woke up with a tear in my eye and, and know that something's not right and then I look on Twitter <laughs> and, and Bojan is gone. And and at that moment I think I will be Hughes out, I think Bojan is... One of our, if not the best player we've got, is he's, he's certainly one of the best signings we've made in in the Premier League. Just simply as as well as the talent he's got, just for the stature of it. I mean, I remember playing FIFA all those years ago, about FIFA ten, it must have been, and and, and loving Bojan from Barcelona, oh God. trying to sign him for Stoke. We've
1: got a, we've got a millennial, we've got a millennial new fan here who doesn't understand football. All he cares about is FIFA. I'm just saying, you, you just love Bojan because he's a big name, not because he's anything. He, 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 what, what do you say to oh, well, I'll
0: finish my point and then I'll answer the charges I mean he I always used to try and sign him on fever, <laughs> and he'd just say no because Stoke weren't big enough because we were back in the championship I was like come on please mate just sign for us um, and, he, and he said no so the fact that he's now said he said yes and we're selling him it's, it's just heartbreaking I mean no I'm joking but it, I, I think the fact that Hughes doesn't know how to use these plays these plays that we've brought in and all been amazed that we've been able to brought in it's just it is, it's devastating Um And if if Bojan's going to go because he's not playing, what does that mean for Shaqiri, who's also not playing? And then Imbula, who's apparently stormed off yesterday. I mean, I've been talking to people who aren't Stoke fans and they've all been like, Ben, just calm down. It's not the end of the world. It's not going to be like that. Don't worry. And I'm like, shut up. You don't have a clue. Um, But yeah, I mean, if if Bojan goes, I mean, I'll be devastated because I love Bojan. But also, I just don't know where that will leave us as a a team um, and as a team of the players that I enjoy joy it supporting I mean I, I love supporting the club whoever plays for mm-hmm. us but we've got players there that you can only dream of having at Stoke and the fact that they're leaving because they're not getting enough game time is yeah it's just a, a weird feeling for me and so I, I would say I'm literally on the verge of tweeting hashtag Hughes out
1: Ooh. Uh, Chris the verge. Um, Ooh. with Bojan is it maybe a sense of heart ruling our head a bit uh, Are we too in love with Bojan to realise that he maybe doesn't suit the team anymore and he's uh, not been at his best since his injury?
2: You had to ask me this nasty question, didn't you? Um, I think it's a mixture of both. The typical politician answer here, sitting on the fence. Um, I think that... I, I don't think you can blame... The injury, because I think when Boyan has come into the team, he has been, for the most part, a very good player. Look at his stats record; he's he's been he's been he's been good for the team. However, and I do use this uh, with a heavy heart, my I I have I, I don't want Boyan to go, and I know that because I I love the guy. But at the back of my head, there's this niggling doubt that is always saying, maybe. maybe Maybe he isn't cutting it straight. Maybe, you know, maybe it isn't working out for him. And I I think back to, well, it didn't work for him at Barcelona. It didn't work for him at Roma. It didn't work for him at Ajax. Granted, he was there on a loan, but... I know that Boyan has... And he, he spoke quite openly about his anxiety issues and stuff. And I just wonder, are we the right environment for him? Because I don't know if Mark Hughes is particularly good at handling that
1: type of person. I don't know. My, I did I... say during the week that I was worried um, if he didn't have a good game against Wolves, mm-hmm. which he proved not to, that we would round on him again and yeah. it, we would kind of shut the door on him based on that. Because, uh, as you say, he, he, he does have these anxiety issues. He does sort of... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a big confidence player and my worry was after all the sort of Bojan oh is he leaving reaction that when he did get game time again he would be a bit of a rabbit in the headlights and uh, be out the team again it he I think he needs to make a good impression after coming back to entitle him to a game and Bojan isn't that kind of guy he I think he needs a a run of games, but whether Mark Hughes can afford to give him a run of games or want to give him a run of games is something else entirely. You might look at Affleck playing well second half and think, right, there's our guy for the number 10. We've also got Joe Allen who could maybe play there. Um, could, Could that be it? I'm quite interested by a tweet I got from a Newcastle fan yesterday who said, this is very similar to Pardew at Newcastle if you look at the players Pardew signed for Newcastle you think, wow, bloody Mm -hmm. hell Kibai, Sissoko uh, Wijnaldum uh, I'm sure they're more like Cissé and people like that who all had an impact in various spells and if you look at the Newcastle squad when Pardew left, you thought bloody hell, how's this team in a relegation (laughs) crisis, they've got great players and it comes back to this lot of flair players thing again but he said, "Like it appears, Hughes can't do now. Pardew co- uh, couldn't get them motivated and playing in a comp- comprehensible formation, <laughs> which is
2: which is a, a damning thing to be compared to Alan Pardew, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's." This is, To me, this is the overriding worry. The overriding worry is that I don't see Mark Hughes being able to change any of this situation. I... I'm not... I don't want to commit and say that I'm fully in the Hughes, hashtag HughesOut campaign, but I... I don't think that he. I, I want him to sort it out. I want this next half of the season to go amazingly well, and suddenly it's like it was a blip. The last year was a blip. It was we were suffering from 2016, like everyone else. <laughs> it was just a blip, and it all goes according to plan, and we finish high in the table. I, I, I everyone wants that, but I just I don't see Mark Hughes being able to do it because. I feel like there's just this there's many many things at, at play in the the locker room. I think I I can completely believe that there is a rift and there are fallouts and and that's not a good place for the the club
0: to be at. Do you think it's, do you think that's harsh on Mark Hughes it, that you're saying that you don't think that he's going to be able to turn it around? Considering Dave, you mentioned we we've turned it around before. We've had very good second half of the season in the past obviously last year is the exception where we were just awful in the second half. But before that we, we played well. So surely Mark Hughes has shown that he can turn it around. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't know if he can, but
1: yeah, we we did, we did sort of talk about this a bit. uh, When I grilled Tom Thower in the last Tuesday night, like he he, he has shown he can turn it around. So what's to say? He won't be able to do it this time. And I Mm -hmm. think Tom's response to that was quite good. Um, There's also the thing to consider, as Chris said, that last season we didn't really turn it around. We didn't really have a run of games last season. So last season makes me worry about this season. Has he lost the magic touch in being able to have a strong second half of the season? And also there's the thing to consider of why are we reliant on a good second half of the season now? Mm -hmm. Why why must we always have a bad start and then address it later on? You get as much points for a win at the start of the season as you do in the last few games um, just before we uh, leave Hughes night and go to a brand new feature uh, <laughs> uh, we'll have uh, just a couple of emails on the sort of Bojan situation it sort of uh, broke the Stoke based internet uh, when the Sentinel reported that he was looking for the exit door first of all I'll just say it may be that Bojan has to leave for his benefit rather yeah. than Stokes because he might suit a different environment. However, if he went to bloody Middlesbrough, I would be disappointed.
2: <laughs> the, that, yeah, Middlesbrough is not the right environment for him. He was linked with Valencia as well. Valencia would be an awful move for him because you only have to see how they're doing this season to realise that that is not the... For starters, they don't need him as a type of player. He And... I, it just makes me so sad because I want him to do well because we all love him he's all a lovely he's a lovely chap and you just
1: you just want yeah. him to do well well I, my my concern with him going Middlesbrough isn't that it's necessarily the wrong environment for him because I think there they've got they've got a Spanish manager I think they've got a, a, you know a bit of flair players you could maybe link up with like Gaston Ramirez and Stuani and people like that so I thought maybe it could work for him there I don't know but uh, just the thought of him going to another Premier League club and perhaps playing yeah. against us just like fills me with dread. Um, <laughs> email from Adrian Weedon on Bojan. I get the feeling Hughes is like a collector of Star Wars figures. He will play with the uh, he will play with the older, more pliable characters, but hates taking the shiny new toys out of their boxes. Is he like Ralph Wiggum in that episode of The Simpsons where he wins the uh, science fair for just having the best uh, collection of Star Wars figures? <laughs> I found my rookie. So, that's brilliant! I love Maybe that he moment.
0: just enjoys FIFA And play playing with the players on FIFA And he's like actually I, I can't use them in real life I Because the Stoke team is great to play on FIFA If you haven't done it already <laughs>
1: uh, Josh Coulter uh, Then on Bojan uh, Bit of a long email Mind boggling that's all I can think Surely we all remember that Batman City game Arguably our best ever performance on a football pitch And who spearheaded that attack Bojan People say he's not the same after his injury Well, that might be the case, but regardless, Bojan, at his half best, is still better than any of our other strikers, in my opinion. Uh, Hashtag Falstein Awareness Month. Stoke (laughs) Stoke fans were excited at where the team was headed. Now, incredible signings signalled a change of style, and Bojan is at the heart of that. Now, after a terrible 2016, Hughes has reverted to a state of pewlessness. Long ball to Crouch slash Walters, and concentrating on defending, it's horrible to watch, and Bojan is nowhere to be seen. Personally, I think he deserves so much better than a manager who has no belief in him and fans that jump on his back after two mistakes. Given that, with Bojan, in a well-oiled attack, we could push for the top six, in my opinion. It would be a travesty to lose him. When Bojan goes, it will be a dark day for many of us and a sign that Hughes is imploding. My final say is this. There is absolutely no justification whatsoever for selling Bojan. It would be Hughes' worst decision to date. A nice cheery email there um a big staunch defence of bojan um and i think i think that email's perhaps maybe in the minority of opinion if you listen to praise and grumble and uh, hear the sort of murmurs of discontent around the ground maybe um josh is fighting a losing battle there with his staunch defence of bojan
0: yeah perhaps i mean i i've just been i've just been thinking about um, this season and in general, and and thinking when when he brought up that Man City game, how many games this season are going to be remembered? Like how many memorable games have there been for Stoke City this season? How many memorable moments? And and I'm struggling. I'm struggling to see. I, I can't. Like remember. when we've got we've got those those yeah, games think, last season where it's like ah oh, we we'll, we will literally probably remember those for years to come. But but this season we've beaten Stevenage four 0 in the EFL Cup. I mean that's our best win, is it?
1: Yeah, I think in terms of memorable moments, it's Joe Allen's equest Man United, and that that was it really. That and that was we haven't had a memorable win because we've beaten the poorest sides. Uh, Chris, let's introduce a brand new feature. It's Chris's polls of the week.
2: (laughs) It deserves a theme music. Yeah, I'll I'll put one in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound that I want.
2: (laughs) Okay, right, alright Let's let's do this. Right, so I mean. We we did this on the last podcast where I, just out of pure interest, because I want to get out of my echo chamber of Twitter, I wanted to see what the, the general feeling was of Stoke fans. Now, I did it again after yesterday's result. We asked three uh, poll questions and a fourth question just, what can you... Do? I'll explain that in a second. So, the first question, um, are Stoke City underachieving? I'll ask you two first. Dave, do you think Stoke are underachieving? Uh, I would
1: say yes.
2: And yeah, Ben, currently are you the in agreement?
0: Definitely,
2: underachieving. Okay, that's a good word. Uh, well, okay, well, you are in luck because 89% of the fan base who were polled agree with you. Now, I think that that I really want to hear from the 11% because I, wouldn't, I, I personally think we are underachieving. I wonder why uh, the, this 11% don't think we're Perhaps underachieving it's a it's,
1: sense of uh in the broader spectrum of stoke city being generally quite bad that uh they see <laughs> being mid-table premier league as um like more than they could could dream of so even when we're playing badly in, over the course of a premier league season it's the whole thing of oh look where we were in 1989. Look where we were in 1904 when Small Heath beat us two 0 <laughs> Yeah, think, I think I think, I, suppose, and I can understand I, yeah. that. It's fair. And, I I, but get I think it. this season, yeah. given the money and players we've got, I think yeah, you do have to say we're underachieving.
2: Yeah, I think no, I think the fact... Yeah. I, yeah, I think I completely... what we should
0: be expecting on, is, is mid. At the moment, with with the current resources we've got, is a mid-table finish. Maybe mid-table to to higher. I mean, you look at the top eight. There's some, or top seven. Maybe there's some great teams there that it's going to be very difficult to break into. But alongside that mid-table, I would love to see a cup run. And the fact that we've beaten we've been beaten by Wolves and Hull, a very bad Hull side, is is that's just not good enough. So mm-hmm. underachieving.
2: Yeah, OK. Uh, uh, well, then, the, which brings me on to our second question. The poll was, uh, should Hughes go, and if so, when? Now, this was broke down into 24% said he shouldn't go, 33% yes, he should go, but in summer, and 43% said yes, get rid of him now. Now, I, again, judging by when these polls were put, this was straight after the Wolves game yesterday. I do wonder if part of that is maybe just fury and anger coming out of the game. Um, But off the back of this, I then did ask um, Russell Dutton in particular, because I know he's a big fan of, of keeping Mark Hughes. Like, why, why do you still have the faith then? What's your, your reasoning for, you know, not being with all these angry fans and, and his, his, uh, response was, I think he has the backing of the fans in that, uh, oh no, sorry, in what he did today, both at the start and at half-time, there is no chance that the likes of Yang will play again. Now, I I mean, this is my my argument being like, are we, are we stuck in our, we've got our group of friends and uh, people who we know, Uh, is, is the wider Stoke fanship happy? with how things are or do you think that uh, there is perspective and yeah well look, tell- you
1: you raise an interesting y- point there about sort of social media and the internet and forums in general mm. how good are they at gauging what the fan base as a whole thinks I think the answer to that is we can't really know but it's the best we've got because short of yeah. uh, standing outside the Britannia Stadium with a clipboard and saying use in use <laughs> out sign here um, we can't really yeah. know um, somebody on Twitter this week uh, sort of castigated me for not representing the views of the silent majority of Stoke fans well if they're a silent majority how do I know that their views are being represented uh, the podcast tries to um, get people's opinions from as many sources yeah. as possible but sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's just the the, the people who want Hughes out are the most vocal and they're the ones who contact us. So uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know what the majority of Stoke fans think, but these polls are, are perhaps an indication <laughs> of where it's going.
0: I think there's another indication as well. Yeah. I think the fact that there's a lot of angst and booing going on this stadium shows just what the what the fans yeah. think of the of the current situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any two ways yeah. about it. The majority yeah. of people are unhappy. Well, certainly the majority of people that turn up at the Britannia at Bet Three Six Five. Well.
1: But the, even then, uh, if you if you boo, you're obviously more uh, yeah. noticeable yeah, yeah. than people who people who don't boo. How, how do you how do you measure the people who don't boo? Really, good point. Um, carry yeah. on, Chris.
2: Well, no, no. So so then there was there was two remaining questions. If Hugh stays next season, will you be disappointed? Sixty-seven percent of which went for yes. Now I think that is again, that is signs that people want to change. There, I think people are. I think, at least from my own point of view, people are willing to give Mark Hughes till the end of the season, but people want to see something different going forward. Um, and maybe that people are still clinging to this blind faith that we might be able to restore it. Now, that was my final question. If What can Mark Hughes do to restore your faith in him? Uh, which, let me, let me get the replies, because it was quite... Again, some interesting things. There's the, obviously you get the oh my phone's crashed. You get the the. Bear
1: with me. Oh uh, I've, I've got some. have uh, got some replies to that exact question here, Chris. I'll oh, go, go on then. Go for it. Um. Yeah. Uh, go for Dan it. Liver ninety on Twitter says uh, in response to what can Mark Hughes do to restore your faith? Uh, don't think he can now. Problem has been since twelve months ago. He's lost the dressing room. Uh, Danny Penfold says Hughes could sign a defensive midfielder, play him next to Allen, sign a striker, play him instead of Crouch, sign Iorfer and play him instead of Glenn Johnson. Uh, Iorfer, the Wolves right back, who did a good job on Marco Anatovic yesterday. So, uh, yeah, Danny Penfold wants three players in. Uh, Catalan Potters says uh, Hughes could leave. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> um Harry Cairns says, keep Bojan, pick our best team, keep it for a run of matches and go on a good run of form to push for Europe. And Jamie Chatfield says, I don't think he can, but just pick a team and mostly stick with it until the end of the season would be a start. Interesting there, uh, sort of a a theme in the last two of people who are unhappy with Mark Hughes uh, saying, at the very least, what Hughes could do is pick the same team and keep it for a while so that's a that's a common thread I think that's probably the biggest gripe with Hughes at the moment for people who want him in and people who want him out
2: yeah there's also shouts of spend more time on defensive set plays that was Chirag who said that Um, again by new players I've, I've seen quite a lot of them just saying no I think I think he's done it's 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 irreplaceable that he's not capable of changing us um, although and then then Crompton, Crompton saying be the manager he was when he arrived with us um it's it's a very it's a really really interesting time I think that it's I'd quite like to next week Dave when we go up to the stadium alike just chat to some people and see what we can what we can find out because I wonder if you start talking to people whether everyone is of the same opinion. You know, it's very, very easy to get hyped up and angry when you're reading everyone else's anger on your on a news feed. It's very easy to then be like, yeah, this was the worst thing I've ever seen. And, mate, I don't know, are we blinded by our own hype? I think for, yeah. for a lot of
0: people, this season now feels like Tony Pulis's last season. So there's there's always going to be a lot of comparisons between then and now and how the team just wasn't the same under Pulis. and 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 it does seem the same with, with Mark Hughes and, and Tony Pulis couldn't turn it around, so I think a lot of people have the feeling that Mark Hughes isn't going to be able to turn it around. I mean I, I, I'm I'm still hoping that he can. I think he's shown that he, he can be a very strong manager. He's brought in some sensational players for us and he's used them at times very, very well. Exactly how a lot of us would have wanted. But at the moment it's not really working out. We're not playing very well, and we're not seeing the players that we want to see. I mean, I think Jamie Chatfield said earlier. You brought up earlier how if we were playing well with the, with the current system, if if there is a current system and with the current players, then like we'd all be relatively happy. We'd be happy. We want to see Stoke win. We want to see Stoke do well. But at the at current times, that is exactly what isn't happening. So, yeah, I, it's a very interesting time, as you say.
1: Um. I did sort of jokingly ask earlier, "Is our season over after the Wolves game?" And I think at full time, uh, the Bet Three Six Five yesterday perhaps felt like that because we're out of both competitions, so we're not going to win anything this season. But we've still got this opportunity. We've still got these months until the end of the season where uh, Mark Hughes and Stoke can sort of prove themselves. Now, we, we've all we've talked for an hour now about what we can do to sort that out and where the problems are. We, we've sort of decided there's a myriad of problems, and we've got the sense that more and more people are Hughes out. Now, When even when the fan, by, fan base is this divided, uh, when there's so many people sort of going at each other like, oh, how could you be Hughes out? Oh, he's such an idiot. You know, when you've got people uh, not only uh, on social media, but, on, on praise and grumble and maybe even at the ground having uh, serious disagreements over uh, the direction of the team. You've got to understand, like, when you when you are disagreeing with someone about uh, your views on Stoke, even if it's with us, even if you think we're a bunch of idiots spouting rubbish, which, you know, fair enough, uh, even if you think that all of it comes from a place of we want Stoke to do well and we think the solution to that is... I don't buy the argument of anyone who says people with this opinion aren't real fans. People with this opinion are don't don't have their priorities right. We all want Stoke to do well, and so we just want to see Stoke win. Basically, at the end of the day, if that means now I I love I love Beaujean, I love I think Imbula is a really quality player, but after yesterday, I thought maybe we need to murder our darlings a bit. And because at the end of the day if if somehow those players are holding us back from achieving good results then maybe we do have to uh, accept that I'm not sure that's necessarily right but there we go uh, we've got a few games uh, in which to sort of risk yourselves to have that sort of thing he had in his first season of going on a run beating good teams not just crap relegation candidates um, so yeah those are my, my final thoughts, if you like. Uh, as Chris mentioned there, uh, me and him are off to Sunderland, so if you're off to Sunderland as well, drop us a message on Twitter. Maybe uh, we could have a nice pint in the concourse or something, meet up, give us your opinions on uh, what we've been talking about today. Uh, that would be good. Um, of course, uh, we're on Twitter, at Wizards of Drivel. If you uh, want to email us, it's wizards podcast at gmail.com. And we've got a new Facebook page which is uh, growing in terms of likes. We're nearly at 400 likes now and we'll be uh, posting a, a lot of stuff on there this year. So, uh, yeah, please give that a like and join us after the Sunderland game where, who knows, we might be a bit more positive. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dave. Thanks, Ben. Cheers.
0: Thanks for subbing me up, not subbing me off at half-time.
1: Uh, things can only get better go on stoke
0: stoke city more like joke kitties and mark hughes more like mark loses